With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, the South Carolina Gamecocks are one of the best teams in women's basketball, and they're once again headed back to the Final Four. SI staffer Wilton Jackson talked to star player Aaliyah Boston on her quest for a championship, her journey from St. Thomas to South Carolina, and her ever-changing personal style. And later, we tell you about one lucky college basketball gambler who turned a single $25 bet into more than $237,000. We call him the Parlay King of New Jersey. But first, the NCAA tournament features 64 teams every year and 64 mascots. But while you might have love for your school, we're about to tell you why your favorite mascot is a lie. It's Wednesday, March 30th. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. Short pass, firing toward half court, intercepted! Andre Hollins and Gopher fans for the first time in a quarter century. Minnesota's knocked off the number one. When it comes to March Madness, we're usually talking about the games and the players when, frankly, we should be more focused on the mascots. That's right. Those human-sized animals that support their schools might be cute, but they're not very accurate. In fact, a special investigation by SI staff writer Connor Orr and a Harvard scientist, not making that up, Harvard is involved here, reveals that many college mascots, maybe even your college mascot, well, they're a lie. That includes some of the teams in this weekend's Final Four. And by the way, if you root for Kansas or any team with a wildcat for a mascot, this next part is gonna be tough. 
All right, so when I saw the story that most schools' mascots were a lie and completely wrong, I didn't even have to look at the byline. I already knew that it was you, Connor. <laughs> but you had some special help on this. Tell us about the Harvard mammologist and how you guys cooked up this very you kind of story. I've never had, in some industries, they'll call this a tap-in. You know, I've never had such a fantastically easy time and fun time working on a story before. So I had met Hopi Hoekstra, who's the um, head of mammalogy at Harvard, and in the animal studying kingdom is the king of the animal studying kingdom, just knows everything about all animals. And uh, she was helping me with a project I was doing on quarterback evolution as opposed to animal evolution. And at the end of our call, she said, hey, you know, I've always wanted to write this story. She's like, I went to a Minnesota basketball game and their gopher is not a gopher. And so I started writing down a list of all the mascots that were wrong. And she's like, you know, do you think anybody would ever want to run that story? And I was like, I started looking around to make sure that there was no other sports writers near me. And I was just <laughs> like, I was like, yes, uh, it was like, we will run this story. Don't tell anyone about this and call me in two months. We're going to run it during the tournament. It's going to be my favorite thing ever. And she was so good. Good. And I mean, she's a professor, obviously, uh, is such a great communicator. And so I just ran what she told me. And I was like, listen, this is going to be your byline. You know, I'm just here to facilitate this and almost like a realtor. I'm taking my 3% and getting out of here. But uh, Hopi was the rock star of this. And she's uh, just so smart and such a great communicator and such a curious mind that it made this a really fun thing to work on. I am so glad that you two crazy kids found each other because Hopi <laughs> seemed to really enjoy going through this deeply strange process with you. And what I love about the piece is that Hopi kind of had this idea on her own when she was going through getting her PhD long before the two of you met. She said that she didn't really follow college hoops and she got interested in it because of March Madness and because of the mascots. And one of the things that sort of made this idea germinate in her mind was she saw the Minnesota Golden Gophers. When I was a PhD student in Seattle, a lot of my research was focused on small mammals, on rodents. So when we got the tickets and the teams were announced and so forth, I got super excited that there was a team whose mascot was a rodent. And so this big golden thing comes marching out and then it turned around. And it was very clear it was not a gopher. She literally screamed in the arena. That's not a gopher. When the gopher walked out, which is like probably the funniest thing you could yell in like uh, in the middle of like a bunch of like drunk students just there to watch a basketball game. But her expertise in the animal kingdom is rodents. So this is her wheelhouse. And so this is like deeply offensive to her. And she's saying the striping patterns are all wrong. A gopher. These are subterranean mammals that are uniform in color. The tail isn't right. It had this giant floofy tail. The gopher has like a little teeny nub and it's not furry. So she starts like, while a basketball game is taking place, starts going through the checklist. She's like, you know, is it a beaver? And they just thought it might've been a beaver. Now, is it a chipmunk? And she's like, no. And then all of a sudden she comes up and she's like. I'm convinced it's a golden mantle ground squirrel. She says this to me on the phone and then I Google it and I'm like, holy sh! this is what it is. And. <laughs> And it was like unbelievable to me. And then she was so upset that she actually wrote a letter to the athletic director at the University of Minnesota. And she's like, you guys screwed this up. I'm a PhD in mammalogy. If anybody would know what a gopher looks like, it's me. And that is not a gopher. And she said, I never heard back. But she did do a guest lecture at Minnesota 10 years later after mm -hmm. she became like 
the boss of animals. Like if the animal video game, she's the last person that you have to beat in order to secure the medal or whatever it is. She did a lecture at Minnesota and mic drop moment. She's like, by the way, your mascot's a lie. It's remarkable to me that you found your mirror image in a Harvard PhD. <laughs> like, I never would have guessed that, but you have. It's the truth. Uh, so one of the things that the two of you identified as maybe the most egregious violation in mascotdom is the term wildcat, right? Every school out there is basically the wildcat. Now, we're in the NCAA tournament. We're reaching its conclusion. But of the 64 teams in the tournament this year, I believe 70 of them had wildcat <laughs> mascots. So what's the general big picture problem with the term wildcats? So this, uh, it actually made me almost tear up laughing when she told me this because I, I didn't know wildcat was a real thing. I thought it was just like a wild cat. You know, that's what you just said. And it was something that some guy said and it became a thing. It's like, no, wildcat is a real animal and it is essentially the size and temperament of a domesticated American house cat. So they're slightly stockier and slightly longer legs than a domestic house cat. And apparently they're not particularly fierce. Um, oh, wow. Look at them. Yeah. They're cute, huh? Very much so, so yeah. yeah. I just loved the idea of all these schools playing these like rawr sounds at, at like their stadium. And like, it's more of a meow. Like it made me just die laughing to think that like all of these rough and tumble schools are like basically just like should be trotting out a house cat. I would love if they did that. I want them to live their truth. I think that would be wonderful. I am pro cat, but I want to go through because you guys went through some of the specific schools and what's wrong with their individual version of Wildcats. We're going to start with the Arizona Wildcats. So yeah, Arizona has Wilbur and Wilma who are uh, married. They used to have a live bobcat as their mascot like 100 years ago. And Wilbur the wildcat is actually a bobcat. Wilbur it has this fringe on his face that looked a little bit more like a bobcat. So at some point along the line that probably uh, signals got crossed, wires got crossed, and uh, all of a sudden they became the Wildcats, but they should be the Bobcats. They should be the Bobcats. All right, what about the Northwestern Wildcats? Pretty disappointing considering, uh, <laughs> well, I'm a Syracuse guy, so I love banging on Northwestern anytime sure. I get a chance. You know, this supposed institution of higher learning can't even figure out uh, that they have a lynx. This one is gray. Very fluffy white patches on his face. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have any stripes and doesn't have a tail. That white fringe is characteristic of a lynx. They didn't even have stripes on Willie the Wildcat, which is like the defining characteristic of a wildcat. Completely wrong. They're faulty as well. <laughs> as is Kansas State, the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah, Willie the Wildcat, another one named Willie the Wildcat. Sure. Kansas State to me was most clearly a mountain lion. Sleek physique, uh, very small ears, uniform color hair, uh, all that stuff, defining characteristics of a mountain lion, not a wildcat. Arguably, and no disrespect to the other schools on this list that have screwed up the wildcat, but arguably the most famous of the group, the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, the Kentucky Wildcat is actually a mountain lion. But the funny part about this is they even screwed up the mountain lion. Kentucky was the most mountain lion-like, but 
it like Kansas State and all of these other ones, one of the problems is that none of them have a tail. If you're going to have a cat mascot, you're going to need a tail. But the Kentucky Wildcats made their wildcat a mountain lion, but then didn't give the mountain lion a tail. So theirs is so biologically incorrect <laughs> that it's almost distracting, especially to the folks in, in Hopi's realm. I love, it warms my heart, in fact, how much all of these institutions of higher learning have royally screwed up their mascots. <laughs> what I love a little less, though, is of all of these schools with Wildcat names as mascots, the one that got closest to the actual mark is one from Philadelphia. And it pains me because you were saying as a graduate of Syracuse, you love to bang on Northwestern. As a graduate of LaSalle, a Philly school and a big five rival, I have been trained to loathe Villanova. Mm -hmm. And yet Villanova, I hate to say this, but it seems that they got this mostly right. They nailed it. Will D. Cat, which love the name. Dumb. Uh Dumb. <laughs> Everything about Villanova's dumb. Go. <laughs> so Villanova is the one that I think qualifies as a wildcat. And it has a long tail. And it even has some stripes on its head. So if you had to kind of spread out and look at all of the wildcats, that is the most wildcat looking wildcat. Still not true to Villanova. If it was true to Villanova, the Wildcat would have an ascot and a snifter of brandy. And until it does, <laughs> it's fraudulent. But I do like Jay Wright, so I'm willing to let it go. I want to run a couple of other non-Wildcat mascots past you. I can't believe I'm about to ask this, but what should the TCU Horned Frogs actually be called? John, we're about to open up a deep <laughs> wormhole here. And so this is what's really interesting, right? So the TCU Horned Frogs, are actually horned lizards. Sure. The horned lizards are native to Texas, but they're very squat and spiky. And so people mistakenly call them horned, horned toads or horny toads. <laughs> so, horny toads obviously would not be a good college mascot name anywhere. Seems problematic. Yeah. And the coolest thing, TCU is totally missing the boat here because the horned lizard, as a defense mechanism, shoots its own blood out of its eyes. At yeah. things attacking it. And so, like, why would you miss the chance, like, as a rival mascot, if you're coming into the arena, just to, like, shower the opposing student section in blood from your eyes, you know? Uh, I just think they're missing a huge opportunity. Forget about the flower with the clown that shoots water. This would be, this would be a fresh, would animal blood. blood. Animal blood. Yeah, animal blood right out of your uh, eyes. That's just a good bit. That's fun for the whole family. Yeah, it's yeah. You bring your kids to <laughs> TCU games, and yeah, mommy um, and daddy. What's wrong with that mascot's <laughs> eyes? Right. Yeah, it's perfect. Now there is a horned frog, but it's native to South America. It looks nothing like the TCU mascot, and it's this very fat, sort of blobbery animal, and you don't want that. So TCU has screwed this up, as has Delaware. As Hopi sees it, what's wrong with the fighting blue hens? So the blue hen is a breed of chicken. So the full name is blue hen chickens. And hens, of course, is what female chickens are called. But it's the male chickens that primarily do the fighting. So biologically, it's just sort of backwards there. Like what you would want to call, they would have to be the fighting blue hen chickens. You would need the name in there as the qualifier so that you would not mistakenly associate the females with the fighters because they don't they don't fight. 
All right, so Delaware has to go back to the drawing board as well. Last one for you, and this one I love. Hope he absolutely dunks on Kansas. <laughs> How messed up is the Jayhawk? And she wrote the last line of this. So we were sending back and forth drafts of the story, and then she's like, it would be funny to end it this way. And it's true. She's like, a Kansas Jayhawk is neither a Jay or a Hawk, the end. And I was like, oh, like, it's just like one of those, like, <laughs> I wish like there was a million other people in my office that could have screamed when I read that. But uh, yeah, she's just, uh, there's nothing like sharp academics to just cut through all the crap in the NCAA. And she does it like a hot knife. It's phenomenal. Neither a Jay nor a Hawk. You through the alley, she throws down the oop. You can read his delightfully bizarre dispatch <laughs> along with Harvard's Hopi Hoekstra on SI.com. She's the mammologist. He's the freak of nature. Connor Orr, <laughs> as always, you're a delight. Thank you for this. Thank you. After a break, we check in with one of the best players in women's college basketball, South Carolina's Aaliyah Boston. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Almost exactly one year ago in San Antonio, South Carolina's women's basketball team experienced a moment they would rather forget. Two seconds left. Beal misses Boston. No! Aaliyah Boston's follow just misses at the buzzer. Stanford escapes. That loss to Stanford stung the entire Gamecocks team, especially their star, Aaliyah Boston, who had missed a last-second shot from the paint, which would have won the game. And then she left the court in tears. The heart and soul of this South Carolina team overcome with emotion after she was unable to finish that putback at the buzzer. In the offseason, Aaliyah Boston channeled her frustration into getting better, even working out with Tim Duncan, her fellow forward from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Simply put, She's been on a mission. Boston, the footwork and the finish. She has looked great. They are playing through her at the high post, using a lot of handoffs. I'm just a dominant player, hardworking, definitely competitive. This weekend, she leads the top-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks back to the Final Four and a shot at redemption. Gamecocks are becoming a staple in the Final Four. They'll be there for the fourth time. Aaliyah Boston brought it with 19 points today. They got the ball inside. They dominated defensively. That's what South Carolina needed to look like going to Minneapolis. Sports Illustrated staffer Wilton Jackson spoke with Aaliyah Boston and her Hall of Fame coach Don Staley about this historic season in which Boston has been named SEC Player of the Year, finalist for National Player of the Year, and Academic All-America for the second time. Oh yeah, and while she was keeping up that GPA, she also managed to set a new SEC record for consecutive double-doubles. 27 double-doubles in a row for Aaliyah Boston. As we can see, there's nothing like her in the country. Aaliyah Boston's journey to Dawn Staley's South Carolina team began in her native St. Thomas, a pretty idyllic place to grow up. But at only 12 years old, Boston moved to the mainland to play high-level prep basketball outside of, well, outside of Boston, Massachusetts, a place that is not exactly known for sunshine and palm trees. The weather absolutely was like the biggest transition considering (laughs) it doesn't get cold in St. Thomas. So that was definitely the first one. But basketball, I mean, it was just a great experience. I don't think it was too hard necessarily. We were just playing more, which was good for me. When you made that move, you essentially were leaving from living with your mom and you were going to be living with your aunt and your cousin. It was different. But I mean, my aunt made it same family home. There are certain foods that you like from the islands, mm-hmm. like, you know, oxtails. You like, it's yeah. a, there's a bunch curry, of things. Curry, curry yeah. chicken. I've heard a lot of people say everybody can't cook those foods correctly. My aunt can. She can cook it and she made sure she did. So she definitely kept us going with that. Um, she would definitely make island foods every once in a while. 
and just cook it up and we just smash, smash it all down. <laughs> right there, saying no ma'am. Access denied from Aaliyah Boston. Halfway through the second quarter and another one back to back. She says, look, didn't I tell you before? <laughs> Don't come in here. You want to try it again? As dominant as you are, what keeps you going to get better each day? I think it's just how much I love the sport and like where I want to go with it. I want to go to the league and, you know, there are a lot of talented women in the league and there are also not a lot of roster spots. You can't say that, oh, I'm going to start working on my craft when I get to the league or something like that, because then it's going to be way too late. And you need that work ethic when you get there to know that, oh, I have to get better. I have to be able to beat somebody off a dribble now because now people are going to play me for a jump shot. And so they're going to be on me. But now I have to figure out a way to get around them. I just want to get better. And if I get better, then my team will probably get better. And then, boom, we win. A statement game as they head to the biggest stage in women's basketball. You want to be playing your best basketball right now. Especially just when I was starting out, just playing basketball, like I wasn't good. So I just hated the fact that I wasn't good. So I just wanted to get better and playing against like my older sister. If we ever played one on one or even played against like my dad, my dad playing two on one versus me, and my sister and us still losing. That's a heartbreak. Well, I'm yeah. sure you probably couldn't beat you guys now for sure. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> they pull a hamstring. <laughs> What's your relationship with like your mom and your dad now? I talk to my dad and my mom often. Uh, my mom makes sure I calls every day. She probably already called my phone because I haven't called this morning. We talk every day. We Every night we have a family Bible study that we go on together. So we're talking there and discussing God. But we have a pretty good relationship. They're a family of faith. They're a family that, that pray together. They're rooted in God. They're so positive. You know, you could have a bad day, they'll spin it. And they'll end up making you feel good. So I knew what we were getting in that. And I knew what we were getting in a in a basketball player. I did not, however, know that the transformation of her game, I didn't know that would come as quickly. And it only came this quickly because of her and the work that she puts in behind closed doors. I think I've become mentally tough, tougher than I was freshman years. I mean, I still put a lot of pressure on myself, but... I give myself more chances to mess up. I think that's the best thing that I can say for me because once I get up here in my head and everything starts twisting and twirling up there, it's not good. And it messes me up even more than I probably thought that I was doing. And so now I don't do that. And I give myself at least three shots to miss before I start thinking. So, I mean, that's progress. When you put on a South Carolina uniform, describe that feeling to me. I mean, I think it's the best feeling. It's just because you know what type of environment we have here, the competitive environment, the family aspect of it all. So it's just you put this jersey on. It's like I'm playing for my family. Um, everybody here wants to win. And when we step on that court, everybody just wants to make each other better. And I think that's all you can ask for in a team. And then we have a great coaching staff. How much do you value Coach Staley and what does she mean to you? She means everything. I mean, she's helped me get so far with my um, college career and I'm just so thankful for her and she's just a great example of what you want to be in life and things you want to do so really blessed to have her when it comes to basketball I'll definitely say it's just about continuing to be dominant and playing the way that I know how to play but off the court it's about getting what you want being a black woman in society is just it's just different you're at a disadvantage 
things are going to be hard, but that doesn't stop you. I mean, even when you see Coach Daly on Twitter, when some things are happening, I mean, she's not afraid to use her voice. That's just a great example for us because it's like, don't be afraid to say how you feel just because, you know, people might not agree with you. Let me ask you this, and this has nothing to do specifically with basketball, but for me, and I don't know if anybody has ever told you this, but I truly admire that you change the color of your hair often. Ah, I, thank you. I do. I love that. Because I was, I, I saw the picture, I think uh, Coach Staley had posted, I think she may have tagged ESPN in it and was like, you know, change the picture to this with your braids going back in this, oh, this yeah. light teal blue color. Is it any particular, like, you know, meaning behind that? Or is it just something that you just like to do? I got braids and started playing with braids in high school. But it was always just like black or brown. But then in college, when I started to braid my hair, I was like, oh, what if I tried like this color? And then after I tried one color, I was like, okay, well, let's try a different one. And now it's kind of just like a running theme and I change my colors all the time. I'm running out of like combinations. So I, I'll go like a solid, like all purple, but I think it's fine as long as it's not like black or brown. I'm absolutely okay with it. Absolutely. What, what would you say is like your favorite, your favorite color or your favorite combination? I like, I really like purple and blue, that combo. The red was just nice. I had a nice pink one too. So I would say like purple, blue, red, uh, pink. I've never seen somebody have their braids, different colors, you know, points and times, but I think it's fascinating. So definitely keep doing it. You have my vote for sure. (laughs) Thank you. I know you like doing TikTok videos. Would you say TikTok is your favorite social media platform? I guess I would say that because I'll post a TikTok anytime. Like, it's fine. I mean, I'll dance. You might not like it, but you'll see it. What does Coach Staley think about you guys when y'all are dancing and stuff? Mm, she thinks my dancing has gotten a lot better. Okay. I'll take that from the first time I stepped on campus, so we take that as a pro. She's been in a couple of them. Who on the team would you not let date your child? Aaliyah Bossy, because she ain't giving up nothing. She is everything that you would want a player to be. Low maintenance, hardworking, insatiable desire to get better. She wants it, and she's the best teammate. Basketball has an incredible way of just repaying her. Like, it's repaying her right now for being that that good teammate and for putting in that work. Like, she wanted her teammates and herself to experience what it is to win a national championship for everybody. The major goal is the national championship. I definitely think we all think about that and it's going to happen. Aaliyah Boston and Dawn Staley's South Carolina Gamecocks are playing in the Final Four this weekend. Wilton Jackson's article is titled, She Wanted a Scholarship, Now She's the Face of Women's College Basketball. We'll post a link on our show notes. After a break, the wild true story of one lucky gambler who turned $25 into more than 237000 If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With more states legalizing sports gambling, more people are finding different ways to bet on college basketball. And increasingly, they're doing it online. According to reports, it was expected that billions, yes, billions, will be bet on March Madness by the time it wraps up this weekend. Maybe some of those gamblers will do well and hit some of their bets, but I'm betting that none of them will do as well as a man who hit a 25-team parlay this season for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Kevin LaRose, 64 years old. I live in Carteret, New Jersey, and I own LaRose Construction. So where in Jersey is that? Uh, exit 12. First of all, a round of applause for anyone who answers that question with a turnpike exit number. Kevin is exactly the kind of better that mobile sports books were trying to win over, and they did. Do you have a bookie? Oh, of course. I had several. <laughs> Do you miss those days? Nah, you know, I actually like this better. Uh, I don't care that they take the taxes. You got a lot more opportunities using the sports app than the bookies will ever give you. Yeah, and you don't have to track down your bookie afterwards either. I never had to do that. Them guys are on the money with me. 
That's good to hear. Prior to this, Kevin, what's the most you ever won? I won over 100,000 plus once a couple times. I hit 50, 60,000. You know, this is illegal. Yeah, yeah. We won't tell anybody. Yeah, well, it is what it is, you know. I hit him again about a year later for 100, and he was not happy. They call me the parlay king over here with the bookies. (laughs) That's right. We are in the presence of royalty, Kevin LaRose, the parlay king of New Jersey. And who better to describe what a parlay actually is? Well, when you put a lot of teams together, so when you put them together, you get a higher payout. In a parlay, you have to hit all of the legs of your parlay in order to win. Everyone. You can't miss one. So for a $25 bet, which when I put on that 25-team parlay, I got the 237000 on that. You heard that right. Kevin LaRose bet $25 on a 25-leg parlay, and he hit it and won $237,553.11. The 11 cents you cannot forget. It was the largest ever payout from Caesars on a parlay bet to that point. Now, before Kevin tells the story of his moonshot bet, let's take a moment to remember that gambling is addictive, and if you have a problem or think you might, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek counseling. And now, here's the story of Kevin LaRose, the parlay king of New Jersey, and his wild 25 legs. That day, I got hit early. One of my teams lost on the first game. But I liked my bets. So I re-put the bet in immediately. That was at 3 o'clock. I started at 2.45. For some reason, their website was shaky. You know, sometimes when everybody's betting, you have a problem. So I did it once. It kicked it out. I put the same teams down again. Tried to do it again. It kicked me out. The third time, I'm already at one minute to three. These games, some of them games were three o'clock games. And I'm telling you, at three o'clock, you're out. I had to reload. It was 3.02 when that bet went in, which is unheard of. Wow. I've never got a bet in after three o'clock, so that was lucky right there. And then from that point on, I never lost a game. It just kept on winning and winning. I looked at it around 6 o'clock. I had about 12 teams, all wins. I was winning a lot of the other games. I went out and did a couple errands for my wife. Went to a sushi bar. My buddy owns it. Had a couple of drinks with him. I had five games to go. I told him, I said, this is looking good. I don't know. I said, I like the teams I got left. I I think I got this. So I went home. By the time I got home, two of them already won. So I was down to three. I told my wife the names of the teams. She looks up. She goes, one of them just won. I said, well, down to two. And UCLA, was. uh, I was doing a money line on that. They were up by 20. So I wasn't even sweating that. It was Wyoming. They were given eight. At halftime, they were up 12 points. Well, the other team, which was Utah Valley, came out, and they went on a 14-2 run. Next thing I know, I'm down a point or two. I ain't looking good. I'm six minutes in, I'm still down. 
They're going back and forth. My team is struggling. Out of nowhere, sure. you know how college basketball is. They come on. And they go on a 17-2 run. At two minutes, I was at eight. And then around 147, I was at nine. I said, I got it, man. I said, I'm feeling good about this. I said, nine. But you know you can't. You know, it's still a minute and a half left. And then nothing happens. I'm watching CBS Sports because the game wasn't on TV. I'm waiting for the updates. Mm -hmm. You know how they are. Slow. And all of a sudden, I see 12 seconds left. I'm up by 12 points. So whatever happened in between, I hit a three or whatever. I'm up by 12. 12. I looked at my wife. I got this. I shut the app down. I went in and I saw the congratulations. You just won $237,800 or $580 on dollars. I was like, yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> I mean, no, you really can't beat that. I mean, it's literally the most money that's ever paid out on a parlay in Caesar's Palace history. Previously, the biggest amount of money was about $3,000. So you eclipsed that many times over. So when you hit for that much money, you have 25 games in one day. You won them all, Kevin. You won hundreds of thousands of dollars. What's your reaction to that? How do you celebrate something like that? Well, you know, for a few seconds there, I just was like, you know, I gave a couple of fist bumps and kissed my wife. And I says, uh, I got a nice bottle of Italian wine. I have, if the camera was on, I have an entire wine selection behind me. It's amazing. And it's even better now that I won. Uh, only top yeah, wine. Yeah. So I pulled out a really, really good bottle of red wine, Brunelli di Maltesino. That's like one of the best wines you can get in Italian. And uh, I popped that cork open, and it was like uh, 4.30 in the water. We were celebrating, too. I bet you were. So after you hit for this amount of money, you're celebrating, you're drinking your good wine. I would imagine you get to puff your chest out a little bit. Do you tell your friends and family who are the who are the people that you called and told them? Yeah, I told a few people, you know, a couple of close friends, a couple of my family, you know, no, not too many people. I didn't go out of my way to, to let everybody know. Anything that you're going to use the money for? Do you have an earmark for something other than wine? Well, I put some in the bank. I paid some bills off and now I'm trying to whack them again, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> And it's only a matter of time. College basketball is your favorite thing to bet on. Why is that? Well, because they play hard and they play all the way through. And you get the pros, they don't care if they win by 10 or 20, as long as they get the win. Where in college, you're ranked by how bad you beat a team. So if you're given a certain amount of points, you can almost count on that team pushing it right to the last moment because they want to get higher in the rankings. So you have less chances of a team saying, oh, okay, we got it, and pulling all their starters out and putting the second streamers in. So you're mostly college in this parlay, in this 25-leg parlay. Uh, you have mostly money lines. You have a couple of NBA games in there. You had the Grizz money line. You had the Clippers money line. But how did you select these games? Were there any dart throws where you said, hey, I'm just going to take a shot on this, or were you methodical about everything? No, I... I I'm methodical. I check them all out. I, I know what games, what, what teams are playing here, you know, and uh, I check out what their history is with this particular team. I, I like to see how much they lose by to other teams that are as good or better on the road. How will they play on the, uh, at home? And I take a lot into consideration. I study for hours. There had to be some close calls in there. You couldn't have won every game comfortably. What was the game that you were looking at and you thought, man, I'm sweating this one a little bit? You want to know something? I put these bets in sometimes and I just walk away. 
and I don't really, I once in a while open up the, the phone and I'll look and uh, just, I don't look at the scores. I look into the uh, app, the Caesars app to see how many games I won. I don't even like to see the, the scores most of the time, because to be honest with you, there was one game I was down 20 points. Wow. And my team came back from 20 down and, and with the last second bucket won the game. Now, if I had been watching that, I would have had no more nails on my hand. I, I don't, you know, I don't need to go through that kind of stress. <laughs> I don't blame you. I just want to see whether I won, you know? Well, you, de- you definitely did win. But so the game that you end up winning the whole thing on, you mentioned Wyoming over Utah Valley. Yeah. I didn't know that Utah Valley exists. <laughs> so explain to me how you end up on this game and you think to yourself, you know what? Wyoming's really got it over this school that John Gonzalez doesn't know exists. Yeah, well, I, I like Wyoming. Wyoming's an actually good basketball team. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Utah Valley, and I looked at so many games they played, and they didn't play very good teams. And uh, when they did, they got beat pretty good. But that doesn't mean anything, because as the team goes on in the season, they start to fix problems that they had, and, and they iron out some wrinkles. And maybe they still lose, but they play better, you know? And that's what happened here. So uh, Utah Valley came into uh, Wyoming, and they played a really good game. The beauty of it was is that they ultimately lost by the spread and more. And that's all I care about, you know? Kevin LaRose, the parlay king of central New Jersey and the winner of the biggest parlay in Caesars history. Well played. Hey, John, I'm looking forward to having another conversation with you, with me winning another two hundred or $400,000, hopefully. And uh, if that happens, I'll be talking to you then. Good luck, my friend. You got it, brother. Have a good one. Enjoy. Appreciate it. Take care. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Cooper McKim, Jessica Yurmoski, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producer is Dan Bloom. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. Thanks for listening, and if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. I'm watching this thing shoot blood out of its eyes. It's like unbelievable. (laughs) This is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.